Hello and welcome to the monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. At Megabyte we track the financial performance, corporate activity and strategic positioning of over 6,000 of the UK's leading technology and digital businesses. Each month our research team analyses dozens of results and corporate transactions in the UK tech sector. As well as delivering extensive company financial and transaction data, our team leverages some 500 CEO relationships to bring our subscribers deep insight into the companies and technology peer groups we track. The aim of this show every month is to summarise the research and data on the Megabyte platform from the last month with a particular focus on the key themes around corporate activity and valuations. Of course, subscribers can get access to all of the underlying research and data on the Megabyte platform and if you think that the research that we provide at Megabyte may be of help to you and you're not yet a subscriber, we'd love to hear from you. The best thing to do is to go to uh, our website at megabyte.com and hit the request uh, trial button and you can now set up an automatic trial of our news analysis service, the Megabyte Newswire, um, and also request a demo of the wider platform. So if that's of use to you, or you think it might be of use to you, we'd love to hear from you. So here's a quick canter through the key highlights from the Megabyte CEO barometer this month. It was another lacklustre month for UK tech sector share prices, which were down on average 2% during May. And it really has been a very directionless period for UK tech sector share prices, which have really not moved significantly throughout the, uh, this year so far. It was, however, a much stronger month in the US uh, market. The tech-heavy Nasdaq was up significantly during May, and even more significantly, the Bessemer Venture Partners Cloud Index of um, highly uh, high-growth SaaS stocks, that was up a massive 20% during May, and that's the best month that uh, index has had for a very long time. Deal flow back here in the UK tech sector was pretty subdued during May. We registered just, registered just 83 deals on our database. That was down over a third um, on um, actually a pretty active month in May last year. And, and broadly where, but it was broadly where we've seen deal activity over the last few months, but still pretty quiet. Uh, no surprises that uh, the weak share prices and the generally becalmed stock market continued to create a very poor environment for fundraising in the UK uh, stock market. And we've seen only a couple of follow-on public offerings uh, uh, last month um, in the UK, UK um, stock market. In venture capital, again, um, a very quiet. Uh, 20, deal, deal volumes were down 26% year on year to 39, and the total amount raised was down 42% um, to 476 million in May, although that was actually a better month than we've seen for a few months now. And the main reason for that was a massive 200 million raise from Builder.ai. And I think that coming on the back of the Quantexa raise, the 100 million plus raise from Quantexa last month, we are now starting to see, I think, the green shoots in the VC market market very early days driven by AI and infrastructure software investments both in terms of some of the early stage stuff we're seeing and I'll talk through some of the data on that as we go through the show but also some of these uh, later stage deals where there's real confidence now or starting to be more confidence now. Interestingly, PE activity and M&A activity, which has been very robust in the face of really quite challenging market conditions, started to soften again uh, during uh, May. We only saw four PE deals during the month, um, no secondary buyouts, and M&A was just 38 deals on our database. That is the weakest month um, um, for uh, M&A activity in the UK tech sector since the autumn of 2020 when COVID was still having a really big impact. So I think those two data points are very significant. In terms of the outlook, I think it is going to be a quiet summer. 
I think we're seeing relatively low levels of activity across all of the areas of, uh, of, of activity that we track in the Megabyte database. But I do think, as I said, those uh, big raises from Builder AI and, uh, and Quantexa and the recoveries uh, in the BVP cloud index do start to point to some green shoots. And I think we're going to see those shoots develop slowly, but significantly over the rest of this year and into next year. And I'll talk through all of the data points in a lot more detail as we go through the show and help you understand what that all, mean, all means for the outlook. So let's get on with the show. So looking in a bit more detail at uh, performance of the UK tech sector from a stock market perspective, both in terms of share prices and corporate activity, uh, the megabyte universe of 150 UK listed tech stocks was down 1.8% during May, and that took the current year EV EBITDA multiple down from 13.3 times to 12.8 times. Within that, the software uh, stocks were down on average 1.4% and the multiple down from 15 times to about 14.3 times. And we're seeing those software multiples hovering around the, the sort of 15 times, just below 15 times, and have been for a few months now. Uh, in ICT services, another weak month for ICT services, down 3.4% um, share prices on average, bringing the EV EBITDA down slightly to 9.3 times. And again, we're seeing those uh, ICT services valuations stuck very much below 10 times now. For context, the FTSE 250 was down 3.1% uh, in May, so it was a pretty rubbish uh, month for the stock market in the UK generally. Conversely, the US market was much stronger during May. Uh, the tech-heavy Nasdaq was up 5.6%, and the EVE BitDAR was up um, about 4% to just under 16 times. And most interestingly, the, uh, the BVP cloud index was up 20%, more than 20% during May. And the EV, EV sales multiple there ticked up for the first time in a while from 6.4 times to 7.4 times. And uh, overall, that index is now up 24% year to date, which I think is significant. Back in the UK, um, as I mentioned previously, just two very small follow-on public offerings to mention from DXS uh, International and Myriad raising teeny tiny amounts. So not a lot to write home about and it really is uh, continues to be very, very quiet in the UK stock market from a fundraising perspective. Uh, this is the CEO barometer. Uh, we wouldn't be complete at the moment without a comment on uh, Wandisco and I'm not going to disappoint you again this month. So update, uh, not one thing I would have expected for a second, but Stephen Kelly of Sage and Microfocus fame has taken over as CEO of Wandisco. Definitely didn't see that one coming and has relatively quickly launched a fundraising because, uh, as it turns out, the company is running out of money much, much quicker than even we expected and is going to run out of money in a matter of weeks. So they've done a hail, they are trying a Hail Mary fundraise, trying to get $30 million from existing and new shareholders. And um, what can you say? Good luck with that, I think is what I would say. Um, in my view, really, they had no choice. Uh, I think it was really the only choice left open to Mr. Kelly and his, and his board. I think that, um, you know, it would have, they would have had to make uh, probably three quarters of their people redundant to get their costs anywhere near uh, in line with the current uh, very meagre revenues they're generating. And I just don't think that move was simply affordable for them. Um, so this fundraising or attempted fundraising is, um, is, is uh, you know, the last, uh, last chance saloon, really, I think, for them. And I think the only option they had. I wish them the very best of luck with it, but I think it's going to be extremely challenging to get that done. More broadly on the capital markets outlook, um, I really don't think we're going to see any significant recovery over the summer. That would be very strange, to be honest with you, given that the summer is normally quiet anyway. I do continue to believe, and it's a little bit more hope than, uh, than data at the moment, that we'll start to see a recovery in the markets and fundraising environment as we go through the end of this year and into next year. My science on that is really no more, uh, you know, no more detailed than um, these calm periods only really ever last for a few quarters, and we've been going for several quarters now. 
I'm not saying we're going to see a reversal of the deacquisition we've seen in the UK tech sector and the stock market more broadly in the UK. I think that's going to continue, sadly. But I do think we'll see some recovery. I think we have to see some recovery in the market uh, fundraising environment as we go through towards the end of this year. So that's uh, where, where I think we are in, the, in terms of share prices and capital markets activity. We'll look next at what's been going on in the world of private equity. Regular listeners to the show will uh, be aware that the private equity um, part of the market has been a really robust element over the last few months, the last few quarters, and has held up very, very well in the face of actually really quite significant headwinds and uh, deal activity has been pretty strong. I think we are now seeing some weakness emerging within private equity and we registered just four deals on our database during May, three management buyouts and one carve out. Very interestingly, no uh, secondary buyouts and I think that is a significant feature of the market right now. Overall, we've seen a 42% reduction in secondary buyouts year to date and I think that is a symptomatic of private equity investors really being cautious about exiting businesses from their portfolio, partly because I suspect some of them are having trading headwinds, well they definitely are having trading headwinds, which is not surprising given the demand environment we're having at the moment. But I do also think that investors are waiting to see where valuations settle down. We've obviously seen a reduction in valuations broadly across the sector over the last few months and I think that PE firms are just waiting to see where that settles before perhaps they push the button. Um, on an exit process and also potentially looking to see uh, trading improve relative to budgets before they do that. In terms of sectors, we saw, we saw three deals in ICT services in May, just one in software. Um, I think the big theme, it continues to be not just in PE, but also more broadly in ICT, ICT services around IT consulting. And we had another deal, point, uh, deal data point there with YFM investing in resulting IT. We don't have a deal value on that business, uh, an estimate, but it's a 100-person, fast-growing IT consulting business, so fits that mould of what we've seen private equity and indeed trade buyers doing um, in that part of the market. And I'll talk more about the M&A aspect to that in the next section. We also had a 25, what we think was a 25 million pound uh, MBO of IP integration that was backed by Ethos. Um, and a carve-out from uh, Capita, another carve-out from Capita, page one in the mobile messaging space. Again, no deal value on that from us, but it was a 3.4 million EBITDA business. So um, not insignificant carve-out uh, business there uh, as con Capita continues to restructure itself. Just one deal to talk about in software. It was a management buyout called StarTrack. This is August Equity, who continues to be one of the most active investors in the sector. It was a management buyout. It's an offence processing software business. So parking tickets mainly at the moment. And we had a good catch up with the team at August and, and StarTrack around that deal. And it uh, looks like it's going to be another software buy and build for August in that part of the market. So when we think about the outlook in private equity, I think it is going to be quieter over the next few months and, and the next couple of quarters probably. I think all the dynamics I talked about last month, it is a tougher uh, fundraising market for private equity. I think that is having an impact. It's having an uneven impact. I think if you've got patient capital, um, like an LDC or whatever, then I, it's not having a significant impact. Also, if you're in the right point in your fundraising cycle, you've just raised funds, then it's probably not having an impact. But for those private equity firms that are trying to raise money at the moment for their next fund, I think they're being much more cautious about putting money to work um, because they're going to take longer than they thought to get that, to, to, to I think, raise that, that, raise that money. And in some cases, I don't think they will raise the next fund, sadly. Um, so that's difficult. The debt markets are obviously difficult. There's headwinds on trading, which I think are really starting to, to come to fruition now as, as we see this reversion to the mean in terms of growth. I've talked about a lot in the show over the last few months, and I really think that's one of my predictions for this year that's really definitely coming true. Um, and 
um, overall, those headwinds are creating, I think, a much um, a more challenging market for private equity, which will persist for a while yet, I think. And actually, interestingly, looking slightly longer term, I do wonder whether we're going to see actually the, the areas of the market that were particularly uh, that were early indicators, if you like, going into the downturn, venture capital and capital markets, actually starting to come out the other side a bit more quickly than private equity, and in terms of confidence levels, might start to recover a bit more conf a bit more quickly than private equity. But we shall see. But there remains a ton of really strong companies out there um, in our on our database, hundreds of really high quality businesses of that MBO size. So I think we're going to continue to see a good flow of MBOs in the sector. I just think the secondary buyouts might continue to be quite quiet until that the sector finds its new norm in terms of trading and valuations. So that's where I think we are in private equity. I will go on to look next to what's been happening in the world of venture capital. So it's been a very interesting few weeks in the, in the venture capital market. Um, the underlying trends remain largely unchanged in some senses. We've got deal volumes down 26% in May to just 39 deals and total funds raised down 42% to 476 million. That was up slightly on levels we've seen through most of the months this year, um, but still down, as I said, very significantly year on year. What, why is it interesting? Why are the trends interesting? Because I think what we're starting to see is the start of the green shoots, as I mentioned at the top of the show. I think the fundraise from Quantex last month, the fundraise from Builder AI, 200 million, as I mentioned, Builder.ai is a, a low-code, no-code platform, so very much in the in the real uh, in the real um, heartland of, of the AI development. A massive fundraise from the Qatar Investment Authority and others, and I think that is that is a signpost to where I think we'll see recovery in the uh, VC market over the coming months and quarters. And it's not just those bigger deals. So of the 26 deals, sorry, 39 deals in uh, in, in VC deals in the sector, um, a quarter of those, a dozen of those deals, more than a quarter, um, were um, in either information management, which is our kind of peer group name for the kind of data management software companies, and also in security and infrastructure software, which is where we would put something like a builder.ai. So, so um, you know, there's been a real change last, you know, before the crash, if you like, in, in VC. It was all about fintech. It was all about growth capital into fiber. As we come through into the next phase, chapter two, as we call it, a megabyte, it's all going to be, out, be about AI and related technologies. But we're not just seeing that in the, the big fundraiser. We're all see, also seeing that grassroots from a pre-Series A and a Series A perspective with a number of deals in the month. So I think that is probably the most significant takeaway that I'm starting to see in the VC market. More broadly, it was another busy month for business the consumer sector, government and healthcare software continues to be an important part of the market, understandably and not surprisingly. And notwithstanding what I said about fintech being perhaps less of a feature in VC than it was two or three years ago, there are some still big, some big deals going on there. Smart uh, raised 700, uh, sorry, 76 million from Aqualine and others. This is a pension technology business. And there were also four deals in HCM. So those more traditional inverted commas VC segments are still attracting capital, but perhaps not to, the, not to quite the same degree as they were um, pre-COVID. And, um, you know, when we think about the outlook, th th there is to some degree a repeat of what I said last month. You know, the fundraising market is, uh, is, is still very weak. I don't think we're going to see more than four billion raised this year. Um, and that is a massive reduction on the kind of six, seven billion we saw in 2019 and 10 to 12 billion we saw at the peak in 2021. Um, but I do think, as I said, those green shoots are starting to come through around uh, the next wave of technology. Um, and you might call it an AI bubble developing. I, I wouldn't call it that yet, but I definitely think that um, that kind of dynamic is starting to emerge. And it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out over the rest of this year and into, into 2024.
So that's a quick look at what's been going on in VC. I'll wrap up the show, um, as I always do, talking about M&A and a little bit more on the outlook. As mentioned previously, a really very quiet month for M&A in the UK tech sector. One of the quietest months or the quietest month we've seen for a couple of years. Um, actually, three years almost. 38 deals registered in May. And um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, that's the, the, the weakest month for deal activity, M&A deal activity since September 2020. So very significant, I think. And the, the sort of the biggest factors in terms of that reduction really are a very significant fall off in the um, bolt-on M&A activity we've seen in software and ICT services. So if you roll back a year or two, you know, we were having you know, uh, 10, 15, 20 uh, bolt-on deals in IT managed services and telecom services and uh, in the ICT services side, but also with Access, Iris, Civica, these guys doing many, many acquisitions in a year, and that was really bolstering numbers. We're seeing very little of that uh, now. We are still seeing some in ICT services and a little bit in software. IdeaGen closed a couple of deals in, um, in May in the GRC space, but for the most part, that activity has slowed to a trickle, and I think that is very significant. So, um, you know, and, and in terms of large deals, they've been few and far between over the last uh, over the last few months. There was one chunky deal uh, in the software sector during May. That was Reward Gateway being acquired by um, Edenred. That was a 1.2 billion deal uh, with Castic and Abri exiting. So that's a chunky one for the advisors to get their teeth into, but actually for the most part, it's small, much smaller deals. So as I said, with an ICT services, just 15 deals in May, that was half the number in May 2022. And the main element of, uh, of weakness is that bolt-on activity, as I say, in telecom services and IT managed services, with just six deals in those two peer groups compared to 19 um, in the same period last year. Conversely, I talked in the last segment about um, IT consulting, you know, that is a really vibrant part of the market. And we saw three more deals in, in uh, IT consulting, M&A deals during May. And um, two, interestingly, in the ServiceNow partner, uh, partner ecosystem, which I don't know whether that's coincidental or not. Um, EY acquiring, acquiring YI, uh, a deal we think was about a 30 million uh, deal value. And Brillo acquiring Cloud Stratex, that's another ServiceNow partner in a deal we think was about 35 million. So more consolidation going on in that sort of product-led uh, IT consulting uh, market, and also in the broader digital services space, Nearshore Digital Services Player Objectivity being acquired by Accenture for what we think was probably about an 80 to 100 million pound deal as well. So IT consulting continues to be a hotspot in M&A as it does um, in other parts of the market, um, but elsewhere in ICT services, um, really very quiet. In software, 23 deals uh, in the month. Uh, that was down a third on May 2022. Quite a broad spread of deals. Um, as before, the big one to notice, or the relatively big one to notice in this part of the market, as well as the HTM dealer reward gateway I mentioned, is Evotix. This is the, the company that used to be called She Software in the health and safety space. That was acquired by a Symphony Technology Group-backed business called SAI360 for what we think was about 120 20 million. So there is, there is, uh, there is deal activity going on in software, but it's much lower than it was a year ago. And um, as I said, that's that real roll-up activity or lack of that's, that's having the biggest impact. So very quiet on M&A, and I think on the outlook on specifically on M&A, I think it's going to continue to be relatively quiet. We're helping out a number of companies, particularly in the ICT services space with deals at the moment um, in terms of our CDD practice. So there's definitely work going on. There's definitely deals going to close over the summer, um, but I do think it's going to continue to be relatively calm. And I think more broadly on the outlook, I do think that we are, 
the more I think about it, and the more as I see the data developing this year, this transition phase between chapter one and chapter two of the cloud era, chapter one, as I've said in the past, is about, was all about the shift to SaaS and cloud infrastructure. Chapter two is all about what you do with that infrastructure to drive better business and stronger business. And that's really increasingly around AI, but other related technologies. And I think that will, that will have an impact, or is having an impact on valuations. And I think it's, it's going to have a massive impact on where we're seeing corporate activity over the next three to five years. And I think it's going to be the main driver of corporate activity. But the moment we're in that, it's active, chapter one activity is, is kind of reducing and chapter two activity is, is still in its early days. So we're in that slightly hiatus period, I think. And on that note, I just wanted to, um, just wanted to end this month's show uh, with an offer. I'm, I'm um, updating and giving my annual keynote um, on the State of the Nation at our CEO Strategy Offsite event next week. Um, and I've already had a couple of people asking me to, uh, to give that presentation uh, to their board or indeed to their investment committee if they're a PE investor. And for anyone listening, if you think that will be helpful to you, um, please just drop us a line. I'd be very happy to chat about how I can do that over the next few weeks. The, 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 the State of the Nation, no big surprise that my State of the Nation this year is really going to focus on how the Chapter 2 trend that we've talked about a lot over the last few years, not just in the COVID period, is really emerging as how AI can drive product strategies but also drive also drive efficiency within tech businesses and how and how you can use AI and related technologies to drive efficiency within your businesses and I think it is turning out to be park all the hype Park all the talk about um, social um, social difficulties and societal difficulties, which are obviously significant, but um, are not where I'm really focusing my uh, my research on AI at the moment. It's really about how mid-market software and IC services businesses can really use AI to improve their competitive positioning, whether it's, as I say, operations or in their products and service strategy. That will be the basis, not only of my keynote, frankly, but the whole event next week, um, or large parts of the event. I would be very happy to uh, talk you through our thoughts, my thoughts on that, um, if you would like, and uh, drop me a line if you think that would be useful. So that's, that's it for this month. A really interesting month, I think. I think we might look back on this period as that inflection point between what happened in the last 10 years and what's going to happen in the next 10 years in many senses. Um, I hope you found that useful and I look forward to speaking to you again next month. And until then, take care and thanks for listening. Bye-bye.